Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 37, From Unawareness to Mindfulness. Neil is a leading international mindfulness expert, author, and presenter. He is the founder of The Conscious Professional and a pioneer of the mindfulness and conscious leadership movement. He believes firmly in the possibility of bringing conscious solutions to the challenges of the world by inspiring individuals and businesses to adopt conscious models and supporting them as they do the work of transformation. Neil is the author of two books, Conscious Leadership and 100 Mindfulness Meditations. In this episode, Neil shares his story of listening to his soul's calling towards mindfulness. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, our guest is Neil. Hi. Hey, Green. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's it's getting warmer in California, so it's exciting. Yeah, here in London, the sun is out, it's blue skies, and it feels like spring, so it's a nice feeling. Cool. I always want to start our podcast um, talking about the love lesson and the love lesson is essentially a point in your life of huge transition that brought you to a place where you decided to shift your life into the career path or the life path or your purpose and bring that into the world so would you love i'd love to hear yours yeah i've um i've had a few actually but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go for the one that has um probably had the the biggest impact in terms of shifting my day-to-day reality. Um, so I um, actually had that almost like a spiritual insight really in the car park after work one day. I was um, a trial lawyer at the time. So I was um, been practicing law and a friend that I hadn't seen for a while um, bounded up to me and said, hey, how's it going, Neil? I hear you're one of the rising stars of the Civil Bar, which is in UK, it's kind of the barrister kind of uh, world. And no one had said that to me before, but when he said that, what happened in my head uh, was I heard, your star is rising in the wrong field, you have to leave. And um, that insight dropped in with such clarity and such truth. Um that I really felt uh, that I could do nothing else but follow that. Um, so, so I gave up my career as a lawyer. Um, it took a few months to wrap up my practice and then um, have really just been, well, the first three years, um, I was really just in a state of inquiry again, like going back to nothing, going back to the beginning, like who am I, all that sort of stuff. Um, and luckily I was working with my uh, meditation teacher who I still uh, am a student of now some 13 14 years on and um, she she taught me this process to kind of live from listening um, and that's that allowed me to um, get quiet enough to kind of hear the lessons of of my heart and the wisdoms of my body and uh, one day in a meditation um, 
the name of my business landed the conscious professional with the logo I saw it and I was kind of told I was going to be teaching mindfulness which in 20 this is 2012 um and back in the UK mindfulness wasn't really a thing um at that point um so it was a bit of a double take moment like mindfulness really <laughs> um are you sure <laughs> uh, but I stuck with it and um the, the pursuit of that, which, you know, I, I've been um, a meditator since my late teens. I've become a Reiki master in my late teens. Um, you know, I've been on that that path for a long time, but just hadn't hadn't really known how to commit to it. Um, and then this in, insight came and um, and then, yeah, it just allowed me to deepen my practice more and more and more. And until my practice now is kind of the central foundational core of my life, but also my business, my work and my aspirations. Um, and, and for me, that has really been the journey moving out of, um, out of head into heart and then back to include <laughs> the head again, right? Because it's not useless. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I was in my, you know, the first part of my career as a lawyer, I was very kind of, head focused and analytical and success driven and um found myself in a in a spot where I was successful but I didn't feel fulfilled or aligned in my life um and um yeah so that's kind of been the latest bit of of, of the journey and and that was the um catalyst really for for my work and for what I do in the world now Wow. So that's a big decision, leaving a stable, secure job, career path and moving into something that's completely unknown, because that's that's pretty scary for a lot of people. It, it would be if it was a decision, but I did not make a decision. The insight landed inside me because mm-hmm. people sometimes say to me like, oh, wow, that was that was really courageous or that was really dumb. <laughs> It was like initially, like my parents, like, what what are you doing? Like you've given up all of this training, um, which was expensive. And like, what are you doing? Um, and even like my peers around me were like, you know, kind of doing well, what's what's all this about? Um, but um, that moment for me wasn't a moment of courage. It was a moment of truth. Like that insight felt so true. There was no questioning it. Um, and then it was literally, okay, know what's what's next like how do I take my next steps from here given that this is the new reality so looking back on it I you know I can see you know both the stupidity and the the courage that was in there but at the time it was just no this is what's happening this is my truth um yeah it's great that you listen to it because I feel like a lot of people most people get those truths and they just like they brush it aside and let their mind take over of all the reasons why they shouldn't follow their heart. This was like a really noisy one because I'm so guilty of also like, yeah. you know, some, you know, I can look back into certain relationships I've been in where, you know, my voice of truth was saying, get out. <laughs> um, and I was ignoring it, ignoring it. And, you know, so I've, I've had that experience too. Yeah. This insight was, it's like a gong going off inside me. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 
And so you shift, you shifted your life. Now you're a meditation teacher. Now, how do you work with clients? Do you do one-to-one or you do groups? Like how do you teach people how to meditate? Cause so many of us have the monkey mind and we can't sit still. Yeah. So, um, through a number of different ways, actually. So the, the business that I founded um, was really about bringing mindful education to uh, busy professionals. So, you know, the corporate focus. Um, and over the years, I, you know, I've, in fact, even before um, I set up my business, I was already doing Reiki healings and that turned into kind of meditation, tuition and little bits of coaching and things. So I was kind of already doing that. Um and then over the years, um, you know, as I went more into the corporate corporate sphere, um, I started working more with um, professionals and executives, and 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 now senior leaders, and um, you know, helping them bring. So it's not just about mindfulness tuition; uh, it's really about this whole whole idea of you know how can we upgrade our professional consciousness in order to you know operate. Um, you know, with more health, well-being and happiness, but also in a conscious way so that we're integrated with reality in a holistic, heartful um, synthesis rather than a sort of dog-eat-dog um, kind of way, which, you know, is a zero-sum game at the end of it. You know, we're kind of looking down the barrel of the reality of that <laughs> um, on our planet right now. Um, and, you know, so the motivation is starting to be there, even from a sort of, you know, business idea of, you know, if you're running Disneyland in a place which is going to be underwater in 50 years, maybe you care more about climate change now or, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, so there's these realities are starting to bite in a way which is really saying, you know, we're not messing around with this consciousness stuff. You've actually got to do the work now. Because if we, if we don't upgrade our awareness to take in the reality that we're part of a bigger whole, um, then, you know, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great in terms of outcomes <laughs> for us. No. Yeah, the world is shifting and we have to move with it. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, I, you and I, we're in the same world. So this kind of conversation doesn't feel... Um, foreign but for some people it's like that whole concept of what you spoke about just feels like how do I even incorporate that when all I all I know is to go to work survive I can't even think about consciousness that doesn't even pop into my mind like what are words of insight that you can give someone that is not even aware of this world that we're talking about but is interested in learning how to move into it yeah so um you know, we we all have an awareness of consciousness because it's it's our primary reality, right? It's it's who we are. Mm -hmm. It's not like a thing to do. <laughs> um, so every single one of us in every moment has to start exactly where we are. Um, and and if we're you know caught up in in a world of uh, busyness and survival and um, you know, there's a sort of, sort of luxury and privilege almost to the ability to contemplate these things. Yet, we we are all functioning through consciousness, and so the starting point um, is really kindness. 
you know, because there's always ways in which we can be kinder to ourselves through the moments of our lives, whatever they are. You know, there are always ways that we can tend to our awareness um, by reaching out to, you know, our network, um, by gifting ourselves some spacious moments. Um, and I know that can be hard, but they don't have to be long. You know, even setting in little uh, moments throughout the day where we're taking a conscious breath. Um, you know, when people realize that the, the power of breathing consciously is to bring the mind and the body into the same present moment reality, which immediately is soothing to the body. You know, once we feel that in our body and can experience that and go on the flow of that, um, and it's such an easy thing to do and it's such a quick practice, um, that we can start just there. Like, doesn't have to be the let's climb up the mountain and do the whole thing. Like, we don't need to do that. But we, in every day, every single one of us, um, myself included, I'm sure yourself included, we can all be kinder to ourselves today rather than yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yes, consciousness and awareness might seem like a bit of a heady thing, um, but actually, you know, it's, it's something that we're in and of anyway. So, you know, looking around and getting a bit of a sense of it from a slightly different angle, maybe, um, I think can be illuminating whatever kind of starting point we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you said the kindness bit, because that's something I talk about frequently with my clients and with my friends and with everyone, because it's that piece of being kind to others and treating others how we want to be treated. And I feel like that is everything. You know, if, if you can't do one thing, you can at least be kind to someone else because that's totally free. It doesn't cost you anything. And it can change so many people's lives, even just a smile or a kind word or a motivational word. It makes the world of difference. And sometimes giving kindness to someone, you don't even know what that person's going through. And maybe that kindness shifted their whole day. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole kind of, you know, the way in which our anxious thoughts sit in our consciousness. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we all know what it feels like to hold a lot of anxious thoughts. And we also know what it feels like to have a, a connective conversation with someone where we share some of our anxieties and how that eases our load a little bit and seems to have a kind of transformative effect, even in a small way in our own experience. And so, you know, this type of um, cultivation of mindful awareness, it's almost like you're having a conversation with a friend, but with yourself and learning to treat yourself like a good friend and um, and so there is you know some of this work of contemplation of inquiry that we can do um, is giving us skills to kind of work through the heaviness of some of our, our worries the judgments we place upon ourselves and the attachments we have to certain um, potential realities and, and so on um, so yeah there's um, everyone has their way in and, and so, you know, I'm sure in, in your client work as well, 
Um, people always tell you why they've come at some point in the first conversation. Um, and then, you know, there are, there's always small gifts, small tools that can be offered to, to help people on that journey. And, you know, from my beginning of my journey of spiritual inquiry and, and mindfulness, you know, I, I did it because uh, I was curious and interested in it generally. But I kept doing it because it was really useful. Like it became a powerful resource in my life. It enabled me to have access um, to different levels of my functioning that I had not experienced before. Um, and so, you know, for me, I always encourage people to experiment with different practices. And then, you know, it, the practice should kind of lead you on <clears throat> at a certain point. We have to put a bit of discipline in at the beginning to start a new habit. But at some point you should be like, okay, you know, this is something which um, I can, I can feel a difference. I can feel myself in a way, you know, I'm, I might be liking myself a little bit more today. I might be noticing I can be a little kinder to the grocery shop assistant. I can, you know, these, these small things where you're like, wow, I, you know, my road rage was like a seven or it'd normally be a 10, you know, <laughs> this, this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I love that you said that because I think that people don't understand how you're learning, you're getting back pieces of yourself. Like the more you go into yourself and discover who you are, you can get back these qualities that we've had. I, I mean, I believe that a lot of us are born with these qualities, but then they get shoved down because of life circumstances and trauma and all of this. But ultimately we're all beings of love that care, that care about each other, that want to do good things. And of course there are evil people in the world, but there are mostly good people. And I feel like a lot of our goodness gets pushed away because of circumstances and doing all these different things. And so it's really interesting when you're saying that contemplation where you start having more access to who you are and more access to your heart, being able to talk to people differently, communicate differently and not hold so much fear and anxiety in your body and come from a place of love and compassion. And it does take work, to, you know, it does take some work to uncover who you are and be willing to hire coaches and people to help you along the, on the way. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have been able to do it without my mentors and teachers that have helped me yeah. get to a place of, um, more peace yeah and yeah you know um you know i work with several coaches and teachers and um yeah you need you need a team right yeah we you do you do and i also think it's important because it's the reflection because you know when i was in my dark moments or when i am in my dark moments i don't necessarily have that mirror of my potential and my beauty because i'm in this dark place and a teacher or a good friend will be able to pull me out and say hey this is where i see you at this is who you are like you can get there you just have to go through all of this or you need to go whatever you need to go through but you don't have to stay there which has been helpful because when i was a kid and i didn't have tools you're kind of stuck in this place of not knowing what to do or how to feel or how to get out of it and I think it's important to learn these techniques that you're mentioning to actually, or th that you've gone through to pull yourself out of it. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all find our own tools and techniques along the way. And, you know, there's no right 
path it's you know except for your path and you discover exactly. it you go along and it doesn't make sense until you look back along it and you're like oh <laughs> that makes sense but as you're looking forward it makes no sense like <laughs> um so yeah. that's where the trust comes in right exactly and actually even though it's terrifying at points <laughs> um it's also you know that's kind of the the joy of it too um you know the vulnerability but all the tragedy of it all the ups the downs the joys the sorrows um you know it's it's all part of a life lived well is kind of showing up for all of that yeah hindsight is always um interesting and I think for me I do it for like remembrance like remembering what I went through and how I got myself out of it so whenever I think of something I'm like oh I remember I went through this this and that and I survived, <laughs> you know, just thinking about the evolution of the soul, the evolution of your life. It's fascinating, especially if you can look at it as a, from an observation, like watching it like a movie yeah. and all the things that you've gone through. And it's fascinating. I think just this whole world of mindfulness and connecting to people in that space, it's like never ending discovery of the nuances of people and how they react to things and how they feel about things and how they hold on to things. It's just always like, wow, people are just so different. Every single one is unique and how they process. Amazing, aren't they? Yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love meeting people and kind of um, just seeing that kind of jewel flower kind of blossom and open. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of been, interesting during you know these kind of COVID times when we're doing everything virtually probably meet more people maybe but the in-person thing isn't there so it, it feels a little bit different um but yeah it's um it is a wondrous joy this human journey isn't it <laughs> yeah um yeah definitely the virtual thing is interesting because I feel like at least for me I feel like I have to work a bit harder to capture people's attention because we're not in, we don't have the luxury of being face to face, but then there's opportunities where I could talk to people like you that, you know, you're in London hours away from me. And yeah. it's interesting, this whole thing. I feel like I've talked to more people since COVID because I'm like, okay, I can't go outside. So thank God for internet. Cause yeah. if this was happening in like the nineties or late eighties, I don't know what <laughs> I would have done. <laughs> Yeah, still on dial-up mode. Right? <laughs> well, oh, my yeah. God. And I was a kid then, so I would have been stuck at home with no internet. How to, I don't know how I would have done school. Like, it would have been crazy. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So I was really grateful it happened when it happened, yeah. at least for me, that I'm not a, a kid. Because I feel bad for the kids because they're kind of stuck at home. But Yeah, I feel bad for people at the beginning of things. Mm -hmm. like you know like your first year out of university your first year in university your first year at a job like when it's kind of the whole system of that physical world that picks you up and goes oh here's your new right whereas you're now like oh <laughs> this is <laughs> I'm in my bedroom <laughs> at work or at uni um so I feel bad for people at the beginning of things yeah it's a new reality and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the how we how we move forward post covid and how the world will start to interact with each other because it's sad to me when i see little kids on the street like running away from people 
because their whole reality has been to stay away from people. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things for me about being human is our connection, our physical connection. And we're so social, we're like social beings, like hugging and being in each other's presence. And I'm excited for that to come back to like be able to hug someone and not worry like, yeah. is anyone watching? Like what's happening? Yeah, I feel you, I feel you, the hugs. Uh, um, they will come back. Come yeah, back. they will, yeah. yeah I'm excited. but we will have kind of been through this crucible transmutation bubbling part of something (laughs) um and we'll have been able to connect internationally much better than we have done before we'll have learned new ways of kind of networking and collaborating and sharing stuff and you know i think there'll be a kind of acceleration um of consciousness as a result of the you know, the deepening of this level of connection, you know, because the other stuff will come back online. I think if it hadn't been taken offline, we wouldn't have kind of upgraded all of this stuff. Um, And I think it's required now, so. Yeah, a lot of people took this opportunity to become more mindful, to go within, start to look at themselves in a different way. I feel like a lot of the conversations are different because of this time that people have to actually start to look around and be like, okay, how can I shift my life and how can I be better in what I want to do? So that's a great, that's one of the positives I think as well. Yeah. I feel like there's a kind of vibrational shift that's kind of gone on. And I, I noticed that through um, kind of the permission I feel to speak um, more directly about the things that I do in my work. Um, so I feel more permission post, not that we're post, but, you know, now we're a year through COVID than before. feels like, yeah, there's, um, there's more welcoming of the ideas around consciousness. And, you know, I wrote a book on conscious leadership in 2019, but it feels like that the energy of that is um, starting to come online now. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Well, let's get into the infinite love questions. Let's do it. How do you use love in your work? So, um, I guess maybe a more relevant question would be, how do I not use love in my work? Because um, I think a lot of my own journey has been to open my heart And so that when I'm standing in front of a room full of brainy, busy people who may rather be doing something else, (laughs) um, that they they pick up on that frequency um, as much as they pick up on, you know, the the rest of what I'm sharing, um, that there is a kind of uh, an invitation in my work, even though I might not talk about it openly, except in, you know, loving kindness practices and, um, you know, type of meta mindfulness practices that we do. Um, that, yeah, there is a kind of intention to bring people towards, towards their heart. Um, because I think that's one of the most important kind of upgrades that we really need to go through is kind of connecting up heart and vision. Um, and um, yeah, interacting with each other in the world from that perspective. Yes. How do you? How does your work 
or how's your work used to serve humanity? So my, um, my work is really about consciousness. So when I talk about conscious leadership or mindfulness um, or emotional intelligence or well-being, you know, the, the invitation is for people to take the next step on their journey because they think, you know, we have really gnarly, complex problems that the world is facing and we need more people to be able to be stable around challenging information, to hold it steady, to remain connected to each other and to a kind of higher vision of what might be possible in order to bring through conscious solutions to these problems. Um, and that's going to require a lot of us to be getting out of our fight or flight, scarcity, dog eat dog mindset to achieve that level of collaboration um, and synergy. So yeah, kind of sitting behind all of my work is really the intention to catalyze conscious creativity. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes that's through teaching mindfulness. Um, sometimes it's by having a nice chat with uh, a lovely podcast host. Um, you know, in all the different ways that I work, that intention kind of sits there. Okay, I love that. So what does it mean to you personally to be a positive force of goodness in the world? I would say um, that that's just something I'm dedicated to. That is something that I have a very powerful commitment to, which is um, a sort of multi-layered commitment that has revealed itself to me over time because it's something I've been um, on the journey with since my teens and, you know, as each kind of chapter has unfolded, um, my commitment has kind of deepened to it. So, um, yeah, my intention is, is to be and, and do that and to also be aware of when I, when I don't do that in my own life and to bring awareness to that and um, to, you know, it's, it's a sort of, it's the destination I'm heading to rather than someone that, somewhere that I feel I'm at, um, you know, on that journey. Okay. It's never ending, right? Even it just always, there's always more love to give, more things to learn about ourselves. So that's like the, the beauty of this type of work. Yeah. What do you love most about your life? Um, I love that I get to choose everything that I do. Um, I love that I have a beautiful um, partner, Jack, and a beautiful chocolate Labrador. <laughs> uh, and that we have a really fun uh, family relationship. And I'm really grateful for that. 
I love the work that I do. Um, I love the fact that I did listen to that insight that came because I think if I was a barrister now fighting trials, I'd probably be a little bit gnarly and bitter for not having paid attention. Um, and I also love that I've learned that um, this kind of practice of cultivating aligned conscious living whilst messy and terrifying at times um, that I'm capable of flowing with the ups and downs of it more than I expected myself to be able to. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> sorry. There's a big list of things I love about my life. I'm Great. Yeah. Okay. Very fortunate and grateful. <laughs> How do you feel you receive love? How do I feel I receive love? So I, I'm just getting a vision of like through every pore. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like a sense of um, you know, because the vibration of harmony or love, you know, love and life, like the energy of life and love, to me, it's kind of almost a oneness there. And the more I've um, kind of decompressed my um, my life, my thinking, my mind, my lifestyle, the more I'm able to notice that because I think it was always there but my mind kind of was putting up certain fences around it because there was like little contracts I'd formed of oh, I have to do this to be successful I have to do this to please my parents I have to do this to win in society I have to do this to do a good job at work I have to do this 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 and this and as I peeled these layers off you know they don't have to be straight you know, all of those types of things I peeled all of these things off through my life um, and kind of settle into a space of actually I can live intentionally that the universe isn't out to get me right <laughs> that I can make it work that uh, I don't need much um, and that I can also be abundant when I you know work well and all the rest of it um, it's more as my experience of it is kind of releasing into the love that is right here. Like the vibration of life is actually to me, a very loving vibration. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that was a. That's a great up. answer. Cause it feels yeah. like it's just pretty much opening up, up yourself to what's already available. Right. Right. And I've never thought of it like that before, but yeah. Yeah, you're just kind of like, it's already here, so I'm just going to allow it to come to me as opposed to creating resistance, mm -hmm. which is essentially almost circling back to what we said earlier about um, allowing your self-identity to come through. Yeah. Releasing, releasing whatever's blocking you from getting there. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, so when do you feel the most love? Hmm. 
So that is that is with uh, when I'm with the people I'm closest to. Um, and so for the first time in like five months or something, I met up with my mum and dad and my brother and sister-in-law and niece and nephew. And um, that was a big love explosion because we'd been apart for so long and finally we could meet up and see each other. Um, I'm moving house at the moment, which is why there's nothing in this room <laughs> and it's a bit echoey, sorry. Um, and um, my partner, I, Jack, we, we went and viewed the property that we're moving into again today. And so like a really sort of upswelling of, of, of love between us, like that we created this. It's actually been really hard work shifting places and all the stuff you go through but um yeah so that's in in connection and then the other is in my meditation practice um not always but in certain practices and sometimes unexpectedly um there are kind of waves of that vibration which come through nice so my last question is where do you feel love created a miracle in your life Okay, so um, I've been with Jack for seven years. And about a year before I met him, I knew I was going to meet him. I kind of, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but I, there was this one moment. I was in the sea in Florida, Miami, uh, Miami Beach. And I was, I was on my own at the time. And this sort of knowing came in that he was coming and I just like did all these dolphin flips and I don't know, I was just like super sure. And then he came along and it was that moment, the first time that we held hands and I put my hand on his and it's like, you have the same energy in your hand as I do. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, good this is good news <laughs> that will be a second date <laughs> um yeah so that feels like a, a little miracle it is that's beautiful I love that well yeah. this has been such a beautiful I feel like your energy is so calm and it's such a nice like calming peaceful discussion <laughs> <sighs> so thank you so much for being here and how can people find you and get connected to your work yeah, thank you. Um, it's been beautiful talking to you. And um, yeah, if people would like to connect further, um, my public website is neilsaligman.com. Um, and um, the corporate side is theconsciousprofessional.com. Um, I've got two books out. So one is 100 Mindfulness Meditations, which is like a recipe book of, of meditations to inspire practice. And then Conscious Leadership is, is really the journey of mindfulness applied to the journey of leadership. Um, so both of those are available in most good places. Um, so yeah, um, people are very welcome to connect with me on socials and all the rest of it. You can find me pretty easily. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I am sending you lots of love and hopefully the rest of your move is smooth and peaceful. <laughs> lots of love to you, Corinne. Thank you so much for today. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.